0: Hey, family. Hey, family. Welcome to the Let's Boogie One-On-One Show right here on Fresh Nation Radio. We are back. We're back for another exciting episode of the Let's Boogie One-On-One Show. We're going to have a really, really good show. We haven't been here in about a week, so we have a lot of information and a lot of things and a lot of topics to talk about. We've been on a few journeys. A few of us have been on some journeys. There's a lot of things going on in the world. A lot of things going on in your community. And we're going to talk about it tonight. We have a special guest coming on a little later, someone that's very special and dear to all of us. We know him, but I'm going to hold that for a little later. We're going to present him later. But right now, right now, as we get started, once again we are excited. And I want to introduce once again my co-host, Miss Di Bennett. How are you doing, Dahlia? Hey, hey,
1: I am well. How are you?
0: I'm great. I can't I'm doing good. just Glad to be here. real
1: tired but you know that's the life of somebody who's in the business so
0: ah ah we're gonna talk about yeah. that I heard you've been on the move been yep. on the move that's good And school there you go. I'm in oh, back yeah. in school yeah wow that's that's amazing that's amazing mm-hmm. and then this this young man down here my man my partner there man comedian tattletales in the building y'all once again what's up tattletale
2: Ha <laughs> How y'all doing? I'm feeling good. I've been on the move, too. Let me tell you something. My stomach been killing me, man. Oh, man. Oh, I've been running, running back and forth to the bathroom. Got to runs. I've been on the move, been on the
3: move.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: <they're> not... <laughs> I, I, I didn't think I was talking about that type of move, but okay. <laughs>
2: when you said move, I ain't understand. Let's yeah. you know, listen. All I got is a GED. I don't know much. I gotta do the best that I can with what I got.
0: I <laughs> feel you, brother. I feel you, man. I feel well, welcome back, Welcome back, everybody, man. It's good to see y'all. We had a week off and we're back. And uh, you know, what's been going on? You know, what's been going on with y'all? Because I know things is happening. You're living, life is moving. What's happening?
1: Me? I'll, I'll go mean. first.
2: Oh, you want to go first? Go, go, go ahead. Age <laughs> before <laughs> you. Go ahead. Well, thank you. <laughs> go ahead. Well, I've been I've been working out at the uh, Laugh Out Loud Comedy Lounge, New York City, uh, three thirty six West Forty sixth Street. Uh, great crowd, great crowd. I've been having fun there. Uh, my good friend, my brother Mark Overton, came, stopped by last night, hung out with me. We had we had a great time. So that's what I've been doing. Um, doing a lot, doing a lot of writing. I got, I got, I got, I got plans. I got master plans, you know, besides want to take over the world, you know, but I got some master plans.
0: Mm, okay. So you've been doing your comedy thing, writing new jokes. You writing new jokes.
2: Oh yeah. You got to, you got to, yep. You got to. Give me a new joke, man. What's, give me something new, man. Give me a joke, man. Give oh joke. man, yeah. You, you, you going, you, you going to make me work. Well,
0: man. that's, you know I mean? A little sample for the people. You I know. give you a little
2: little, little sample, little sample. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Give me a little sample. You know,
2: somebody's up to some nonsense. You don't have to ask no questions. Now, let me give you next example. You got a medical appointment. You walk in the doctor's office, and he tells you to remove your clothes. You're like, "Yo, my man, ain't you a
3: dentist?"
2: I had to clean <laughs> up for the radio. I had to clean up for the radio. I
0: got
2: it. I got it. That was you that clean up the radio. I got Just it. Said I to say. Clean up <with> the radio. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, that, that was pretty funny. That was not bad. That was not bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what's it like being up there, man? Are you are you feeling nervous or you right back in the swing?
2: No. No. No, I feel I I feel I feel good up there. I feel good up there. I feel I I feel real comfortable up there. Yeah. Um. One thing about one thing about being up there, you you want to have fun. You want to make it like it's your own living room, and you got guests. And like you know, when you have guests in your house, you're walking around the room. You're serving people. You're entertaining people. You're laughing with them. you laughing. That's 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 what I do on stage. That's so what I do on stage.
0: A, let me ask you a question. As a comedian, do you like when you look out into the audience? Right. You're looking out and um. Because I know with singers, a lot of times they look at one specific person and they kind of like focusing on that person to keep their focus. Do you find that one person that you kind of like identify with and you feel that they could kind of give you the confidence and, and, and that confidence, you know, that little vibe back and forth? Do you focus in on that one individual?
2: No, n- nah, not at all. Not at all. Um, you, 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 you know, I'm a Gemini, so I got a lot of personalities anyway. And and, and and then with all this, uh, you know, uh, paranoid schizophrenia I got, you know, so I'm up on stage, a whole group of people.
3: Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm.
2: Nice yeah.
0: Now what do you do? Let me ask you this. Now this is, this is for, have you ever had someone try to heckle you from the audience? Try to jump oh, at yeah. your act? What do you do oh, about yeah. that? Give oh, me one yeah. of the worst situations. Give me a situation that happened.
2: Oh man. Uh, the worst, the worst one, we were doing a show out in Patterson, New Jersey, back like around 93. Yeah, like around 93, 94. Um mm. uh, and uh the comedians went up, then then these exotic dances went up. And this one person. guy he
3: just,
2: he just walked, he just walked right up out the audience, and he just like grabbed the girl, you know, like you know, he's like he lost his mind. He said he told her well, they had to stop the show. And he said, listen, nobody don't want to hear all that BS. I just got a, out of Perseid County. You know what I want to do. I said, so, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. So to get control of the show, I was like, yo, my man, you's in Perseid County? Yo, that's right. I said, man, sit down. He was only in there for child support. And the whole place just fell apart. <laughs> he laughed, too. He's like, man, you funny, man, you funny. So we got control of the show, you know. Okay. But uh, but I, 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 I've had hecklers. You know, I uh, uh most hecklers, I, I I just destroyed them. I just destroyed them.
0: Okay, because he's talking <laughs> about he's from Passaic County. He wanted to go back there the way he was acting. Yeah, for oh, real. <laughs> you
2: know what I'm saying? Grabbing that was that, was a, that cool. was a wild night. That was <laughs> a wild night. You know, uh, Patterson, New Jersey, they got yeah. that reputation. Yeah, they do. Yep.
0: They do I've been out there a couple of times? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yep. Matter of fact, Freddie Wop comes from out there. A couple other people that's right. That's some right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah yep. right. You know, you know Freddie? Uh yeah, I know some people that okay, okay, know him. Yeah, Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah he's, yeah, he's gotta, yeah. he's got some issues going on right now. He has yep. some issues. God bless him. And hopefully he gets himself Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 So Miss Burnett, what's what's happening yep. with you? You've been on the road. What's going well, on? Well, I've
1: never had hecklers, I'll tell you that. Now when I was singing. <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> never had that. Thank goodness. Um, just been traveling. I've been traveling with my artists and traveling. You know, traveling with my day job. Traveling, doing school. You know, I just came back from Harrisburg for the Dolphin Wine and Jazz Festival. You know, Nathan Mitchell tore it up after this big thunderstorm where they shut down the whole the whole festival for mm. about an hour and a half and got up and he did his thing. But uh, yeah, I'll be going off to let's see. Well, actually, uh, for three days I'll be in Philly. I'm going to a conference. I'm looking forward to this. It's the NB MBAA. Y'all know what that is? No,
0: what's that? What is that? The
1: Tell National me. Black MBA ah. Association.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Where they get it's a big uh conference and job fair. So. Uh, a coworker of mine and I are going like undercover, like we're looking for jobs and we really what we're doing is trying to decide if we want to partner with them to bring MBAs and, you know, anybody that is of that caliber into the organization, whether they're the, the nonprofit that we partner with. Then I'm shooting off to Dallas because Nathan Mitchell got awarded Lifetime Achievement Award, Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award, and got an honorary <laughs> doctorate, so be Doctor Nathan Mitchell. Wow. Then I'll be back here that same weekend to go to the R&B Society Music uh, Gala mm-hmm. uh, in Atlantic City. And then I'll be shooting off to Atlanta, Los Angeles. And there's one more place. I forget where the other place is.
2: Baltimore. Uh, in the next
1: month or so. Yeah. Baltimore. No, it's not Baltimore. Well, no, Baltimore, wow. you're right. But that's at the end of the month. Wow. It's September. September, end of the month. I forgot Baltimore. Yeah. So, so all of this is going on, how do you
0: juggle, you're in school, right. so you're working full-time, you're managing artists,
1: how do you juggle all of this? How do you I'm stay safe? I'm not going to lie and say it's easy because it is not. But what I have to do is um, like just take away two hours a day for schoolwork. So no matter what I do, I'm still doing schoolwork. Whether I'm reading reading the chapters on the plane, um, typing stuff in my phone, on my notes, I still continue to do the work. I mean, it's important to me to get that PhD and not for any other reason, but for my own self and making a future for when I'm old. I can't do this kind of traveling and I don't want to do that kind of traveling.
0: Right right, future, right, 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 you know? right, wow. Wow, so right. you got to love it. You got to love what you're doing. Gotta you got to love it, it yeah. You, you got to love it, yeah. That's, that's crazy. And hey, listen, we're going to pause for the cause and we'll be right back. We'll take it a- Okay, we're back live right here on the Let's Boogie One-on-One show. Dahlia was just talking about her schedule, very busy schedule. She's working. She's she's managing artists and doing all these things. I don't know how you get that done. That's amazing. <laughs> Tell me how it's done because I can't do it.
1: This trusty phone has everything in the calendar. Without my phone, I am lost. So it, Even when I go to sleep, the phone is right by me on the side table um, because – Again, I also have a day job that I have commitments with and I travel with. and so you just have to juggle everything. And sometimes I'm doing both at the same time. But right. I've been doing it for years because you know when I was when I moved out of my parents' house, I had three jobs. And wow. so I've learned from then um, how to manage and juggle my schedule. And Tattletale knows when I was out on the road singing, I also had school, I had work, you know, I you, I was singing. And it's just something I'm used to doing. Maybe because I'm Caribbean. I don't know. You know, we have one, two, three, four, (laughs) five.
0: How many jobs you got, man?
1: I got three. No
0: doubt about it. No doubt about it. That's good, though. That's good. Hey, listen, we're going to do this. Tattletail, I'm going to unmute you, brother. And and, and let me hear you say something. She says she's Caribbean, man. What do you have to say Mm -hmm. about that?
2: Look here, man. Me never hear accent from her, you know. <laughs> we think, we think she she me never I never accent. said I was Jamaican.
1: I said I'm Korean. My family's from the Virgin Islands look, now. Look here, look, look,
2: here. look here. Look here, let me tell you true. I never hear accent from you.
1: You heard it from my mother.
2: She tell me you adopted.
3: Yo, <laughs> three! Wow, wow!
1: You know that a lot because I look just like this.
3: So. <laughs> Don't be lying on me. Lying on me.
0: <laughs> hey, but listen,
1: listen. When I was a kid, they used to tell me I was adopted.
0: I remember. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's all right. When you turn that, No matter what you turned out, good. Don't worry about it. You're good. You're good. But listen, listen, listen. Right now, this is what we're going to do. Our special guest is in the house. I'm not going to make him wait any longer. I'm not going to have him wait any longer. This is a really, really special night for us. I'm going to bring this brother on. You know, we got a legend coming in. A legend, a legend, a media legend coming in. And he's going to tell his own story. But I'm going to do this 1st you' We're going to play this right now. Hold on. Let's do this.
4: Red Buzzy Bugs, inviting you to come through Delta's this weekend in New Brunswick at 19 Dennis Street with my man DJ Johnny M, the urban legend. I'm looking forward to seeing you there as we go back to club for another second Saturdays. And when you come to Delta's, who knows? Have dinner, great drinks, meet some good people and have a great time. Man, the food is excellent and the drinks out of this world. And what I say is grown and sexy, it's a whole lot of sexy. Make sure you come through and hang out with me, Fred Bugsy Bugs from 107.5 WBLS, Sirius XM, Soul Town, and Heart and Soul. Gotta have a good time vibing with you this coming Saturday, second Saturday of Deltas on Dentist Street, Johnny but now hey, 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 this hey. ladies and, all and gentlemen,
0: gentlemen. the Mike record for the Becker, my fellow, my man, Fred Bugsy
4: <laughs> Bugs in the building. What's up, brother? Well, bless, Boogie. You made me want to take a drive to New Jersey to go to Delta's here and that again.
0: Ah, that sounded yeah. so good. I had yeah. to get something for you, man. Some man, of that
4: food down in Delta is pretty good. How's everybody this evening? All right? Pretty good. That's that voice,
0: man. That's that voice. That's that New York voice. Hey, Bugs, yeah. man, gonna tell you something, brother. I don't know if you know it, but that voice is legendary, man. That's a New York mm-hmm. radio voice, man. Thank you. Thank and you. We, and we're so accustomed to hearing that voice. And not only the voice, but the personality. And I want to let everybody know that when I see this brother, man, he's as gracious in person, as he is on the radio.
4: Oh man, thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much. real man,
0: and he keep it, he keep it a buck man. Well, you know act- that's the, that's
4: time in life. You know how it is when you live it, when you've lived a little bit, you uh, you go through your ups and downs, and and then you realize you might as well go on and be yourself because that's that's what it is, you know. It
3: is no what doubt. it is. No doubt,
0: you man.
1: still sound the same. It's the same Negro. <laughs> <It's> the same <laughs> voice, for <laughs> the, scene. It's the same
0: Negro.
4: Yeah, that's that's the same Negro. Man.
0: So that's Daniel Manette. That's comedian Tattletale, right
4: there. Hi, right, tattletale How you doing, sister? How are you? Yeah, I'm man. good. I'm All good. All right. Tattletail said you're not Jama- Jamaican. He she said, "I didn't say I was Jamaican. I said I was Caribbean." <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Well, you know, my mother South Caribbean." He said, "Yeah, but my mother, your mother said you were adopted." When I was going, y'all was shooting shots over there.
1: <laughs> I wasn't even, I wasn't even worried about it because listen. How else can I say improve it? But I'm always in school. We're always right, in man. school learning something. Yeah, you know that.
4: You know that. Exactly. How's the evening going on?
0: Everything is it good, well. bugs. Everything is it good, is man. Cool.
1: But you know what? I think I have met you, though. I think, um, what is his name? Because I used to come down with my brother to the studio when he was doing the, the Smooth Jazz Cruise. Uh, who's your brother? Najee. Yeah, oh yeah, Naji. Yes, yeah. yeah, well, I, yeah, I, Najee. I, I met you at the radio
4: station. I knew Naji through yeah. Bo and uh, Bo Huggins, and also Larry mm. Smith. Plus, you know, he's one of the Queens cats. I came up with Denzel exactly. Miller, Denzel, Larry, Val Burke, and those guys. Those are like my big brothers. Larry and I right. went to school together forever. God bless the dead. Yeah. Well, wow. wow, small world.
0: Yeah. Now, listen, Bugs. This is this is this is all about you, man. I got some questions for you, man. Oh, I sure. want. I want to, first of all, you see we're doing our podcast here, right? Yes. Now we're talking to someone that has been doing this type of thing for umpteen years. So when I look at you, I look to learn something from you. When I listen to you on the radio, I look to learn something from you and other legends, right? Right. How did you get started in this business? When did uh, it all start
4: for you, man? I was a kid. um, I must have been about, it started, I guess... From sitting at the table with my brothers and sisters and listening to the radio in the 60s and talking in the salt shaker. Because I you know, I was trying to be a just to listen to WABC and and WWRL with the with the people my parents used to listen to.
5: Right.
4: And um just wanting to talk in the salt shaker or something and talking into the brush. And mm-hmm. and then they eventually got a real real tape recorder and I started recording the music off the radio. And okay. it was WWRL by now. And and it was uh, Frankie Crocker was, had just come to New York, it was the mid 60s.
6: And he okay. had that whole
4: thing going closer than coals on ice, bites on rice, collars in the dog, on a country hog on the okay. AM tip and he was there yeah, real fast, got this stuck he used to talk real fast. But it was like, you know, uh, uh, elementary school kid uh, coming into the music, always loved the music, um, played a little piano, not enough to make any money from it. Uh, was in bands off and on. But I, it's always been about the music. So I kind of kind of grew up with radio in my veins. Probably uh was in radio in the last lifetime or something. I don't know. I didn't wow. get in. Yeah. Yeah. But it was something that I always wanted to do. And um I, you know, when I started to call the stations to to win the albums. And I, mm. Eddie OJ used to live upstairs from my aunt on Farmers Boulevard back in oh. the late 60s. Oh, okay. And, okay. and and he brought me to WWRL in Woodside, and Frankie was leaving. They all had cats. Had money. Then they had the the Corvette Stingrays and stuff. And and Frankie came out and gave the Black Power sign. I was like, well, <laughs> Frankie. so I, I kind of once I got the I got the bug, and and it's something that kind of stayed with me. And it was the brothers like Gary Bird and Jerry Blood totally Jerry Blood or Al G, um, Bobby J. Those guys. I would eventually my cousin and I would go up to WWRL on holidays and stuff and. And and I was a gopher. Like now it's called being an intern. But I was we were basically gophers. Like we would come right. and sit in the lobby. And the sister that was answering the phones, we would just annoy her to death. But the guys knew us. And they would go, Yo, come here, man. Go across the street and get me a fruit salad or whatever. And then you come mm-hmm. back and that gave you that gave you a chance to sit in the studio while they worked. They were like, All right, sit there, kid, but just don't you know keep your mouth shut because the boss is upstairs. Like yeah. so I, 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 I got to give it to the guys from R.L. And and having met Frankie earlier in my career, uh, it wasn't a career, it was a desire. And I had a chance to work with Frankie, my first paying job in radio in, eight, in wow. 75. I was his engineer, wow. doing that whole uh, disco period. Well, it was Donna Summer, uh, The Wiz, your Ease on Down the Road, those were the 75. And BLS was probably the only funky music Yep. Radio station on FM, so everybody was listening white, mm-hmm. black, eight to no 80, doubt. cripple, blind, crazy, That's whatever. Right. That's right. And um, I was his engineer from 75 through late 76. But it, mm-hmm. and, and then I got a chance to get on the air uh, that summer of 75 to prove everybody in high school that yeah, I'm really on the radio, y'all. But <laughs> but I wasn't quite ready yet. So as you know, with it, that entailed being from New York at that time. Um, getting a chance to to blast off in New York, you had to go out and come back in,
3: because
0: okay. the
4: belief was that if you started in New York, that you know you might bump your head, and it, it was inevitable. And if you bumped your head in New York, and there's no internet and nothing like that, but if you bumped your head in New York, the whole radio industry noted that that's the kid that got started in New York and bumped his head. Now right, I got to right. tell you. A lot of people did get started in New York in those days and did very well. Johnny Allen and a few Vaughn Harper and, mm-hmm. and a few others. Uh, Carlos De Associates, God bless. But um, Bird and them said, well, man, just go out of town. And it gave me a chance to kind of develop. I went to Jacksonville and worked in D.C. and then got back up north by being a WNJR AM station in Newark. Oh, so okay. it gave me a chance to really develop and, and uh, um, kind of hone my skills. Um, being there. And, and then from there, it was 98.7 KISS, part-times. Mm-hmm. And then Philadelphia, I got a chance to get back in management. We put Power 99 on the air in Philly. Ah, yeah, um, yeah. And, okay. and then, you know, so that's that was my foray into management. Then KISS in 1985, then BLS. Then a couple of years out of the radio business and in the record business. Cold chilling records, a Def Jam, Promotion. And then back in radio at uh, Hot 97 when they were starting and, um, and, you know, Kiss, wow. and, and now back to BLS. It's like everything wow. is a is wow. a Everything
1: full circle,
4: yeah. And, wow, man. Yeah, so I feel blessed. Uh, a lot of times, you know, as you all you all well know, when it comes to your careers, things happen. And when the reality mm-hmm. kicks in, you realize you can't say, I did it. It's like, it'd be some other things going and some other powers going on because right. there are a lot of folks aspiring to do the same thing and, right. and it don't happen for them. So I, I feel honored and blessed to have been able you know, to continue that journey, even at this point. And
3: you're
0: mm-hmm. still doing it, man. You're still yeah. doing it. As I said,
4: it's a blessing. I can't, I can't blame it. It's a blessing. I was like. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know? mm.
1: that's, that's Wow. Really so how, cool. how do you feel about now doing internet radio, like Sirius XM or, and versus regular public radio?
4: I, I think it's the, it's the same to me. Uh, you know, you, you, you've got a bigger platform because you're around the world. Uh, and and across the country, you you know you have to be a little, a little generic, in, in a sense where I'm not talking about what's going on, on on 42nd Street or what's happening on Flatbush right, right, Avenue, as right. much. I'll make references to that, but because you're talking to you know other cities and people are on vacation or Aruba who can hear us there, Canada, you know mm-hmm. you you know you you kind of make it a little more generic. But the only difference, I think, is not really localizing and, and not talking about certain issues that are going on here in New York, which on my Saturday show, I have the ability to do. And whenever I work local at BLS, you know, it gives you right. the option to talk about what's happening here and right, right. now. Right, right, yeah, right So, right, right. But I think, I think it's a great opportunity. You know, people talk about podcasting and, and they say, well, you know, you got a lot of new broadcasters and how do you feel about that? I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people go, what's the difference in a podcast and regular radio? Well, you know, talk radio was long before music radio where the disc jockeys did their little pitter-patter over the songs. This is basically a throwback to the late 50s, uh, 60s when uh, radio was all talk radio. We've actually gone back to that. The the beauty, the difference is that you're around the world now on that internet. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it it allows you to really open up to the rest of the world. So I, I think it's great for people to be in a craft that they love and to be able to communicate. Sly Stone said it in the 70s everybody's a star. Everybody's a star. <laughs>
0: everybody's a star. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Wow, man. You know, um, l- let me ask you this. You talk about Frankie Crocker, right? Yeah. T- who was the biggest influence in your radio pushing you forward in your career? Who did you really, really did you try to emulate anyone
4: particularly? I emulated everybody. Everybody I was, a bit. I was Gary Bird for a moment. I okay. was I was Jerry Bledsoe. uh There was a guy named Al G the Master. Al was amazing. I was I tried to do some algae. Those guys had to, they had a they had a thing where, you know, it was a a realness that I was able to uh, that I was able to ascertain because I think it was a period where people took on a persona,
3: mm-hmm.
4: you know, somebody that he really wasn't. And and I think working with Frankie was, was I mean all in the same where he had the persona that was a little yeah. bit different than from what he really was, but really? it worked for him. You know what okay. I'm saying, like the love yeah. man thing and all. And, yeah. But he was he was you know that exclusive, the cat with class and all that because that's what he ushered in uh, to black radio. Hence, he was the guy that came up with the term urban radio right. that made it viable for the white listeners and the different. Cultures to listen to WBLS. He, when they put BLS together along with the Suttons, his idea was that to have a black broadcast that when people listen to it, they wouldn't be embarrassed because there might have been a country club malt liquor commercial on. I love country club malt liquor, yeah, although yeah. there's nothing wrong with it, you know. But mm-hmm. it's like they had a he had an idea of what he wanted to do to really make it more of a mass appeal kind of situation, and it worked. So, you know, from a programming perspective. There was, there was the Frankies and mm-hmm. and a guy named Jerry Bolden that I had a chance to watch work and a couple of top 40 program directors, a guy I worked for in uh, Philadelphia, Jeff Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it was like, you know, from that programming perspective. But on a personality tip, I think that when I was imitating uh, my idols, right, my mentors, they were the ones that go, yeah, that's good, but you got to be you.
3: Mm-hmm. So yeah. that
4: was that was what being able to go to Jacksonville, Florida, and be on the air in the afternoon and be blood soul one day and then be bird right. popping stuff. My brothers and sisters, we're going to, you know, and then, yeah, yeah. and then to be on that love man tip every now and then when you broke the music down. And eventually, the more you work at it, you, you know, you kind of develop into whatever, whoever you're going to be. It's like being an artist, right? Like most artists come up, they're inspired by somebody right. you know, to start singing or playing keyboards or even as a comedian. And and you use those jokes or those songs to give you a a kickoff platform, and then from there, hopefully, you find your way around the room and, and you find yourself again. It's almost like you go outside yourself to be all these other yeah. things, right? And then and then you end up coming back to yourself. Now you know how to project a little bit better. You know how to kind of wrap those thoughts and try to get them out better. And it's a, and it's ongoing. Like what you'll find in podcasting and broadcasting is that you know as you get better as you get better you'll find yourself doing some things you didn't even know you were going to do mm-hmm. and and what i found is the best way for that is don't worry about competing or sounding mm-hmm. like your competition or beating your competition although a lot of people think that's what it's about and for for for, for folks who are motivated by that that's cool i i i try to always beat myself that's i it. try to be better than me i try I'll listen back and go, eh, that was raggedy. I'm like my own worst critic. So, right. you know, I think that, you know, as, as long as you try to beat yourself, you can never beat yourself. So, you can, oh, it's about you getting better. And and that's, that's where the reality kicks in about being humble because you could be sound like dresses like dressing like somebody else, but you're not that person. You got to dress how you, whatever, right. however you do. Yeah. So, right. yeah, but, I think that's what I learned from those guys. You wow. know, I think wow. coming up now is a little bit different because. You know with social media, like I said earlier, everybody's a star, so mm-hmm. everybody wants to be like the other person that they admire on social because they think that's the way to get the bag. When right. It, right. it may be for some folks, mm-hmm. but the sure shot way is to be whoever you are and try to develop that and let somebody try to be you, right? right. Well,
0: makes sense, yeah. makes sense, man. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. true, yeah.
4: I'm
0: gonna throw yeah. some names out to you, Hal Jackson. Tell me about how
4: great influence, uh, was the guy that called me. That summer in 1975, when Al Roberts got sick and asked me, uh, you want to be on the air, Al Roberts is sick. And I said, um, um, he said, look, either you want to be on the air or not. What do you want to do? I <laughs> I'll be there at midnight. He's a, a motivator, um a, a pioneer at a time when black announcers were kind of looked at as just being um not important. And mm. and and to his years of broadcasting, worked on every format imaginable. Um not only the black music format, but he did sports and he did news and he did all that. Um and and moving for going forward, uh working with the Suttons in order to acquire WLIB and then later on WBLS. Wow. So he was really a pioneer. Um I wish that a lot more of us had done it. Um motivated in and being able to, to to move into ownership right. uh of a broadcast right. property and, and that's something that he did. Uh, an amazing elder statesman at the time and and a fantastic personality and an amazing mentor. He mentored a lot of us. There are a lot of us, more than you know, that have been able to get their careers going because of Mr. Hal Jackson. Wow, mm-hmm.
0: that's, that's amazing. Amazing. Another name, Alan Freed.
4: Alan Freed was somebody I listened to as a kid in my dad's car before Seatbelts when he was k- sitting the kid between everybody in the All front right, seat. Right, right, and right. and I, maybe, maybe that was an influence. He was a guy from when I was able to, to hear or read about. He was a guy that was interested in, in pushing the culture of black music, popular, whatever was popular. If Little Richard's song, Little Richard had Tutti Frutti, he was going to play Little Richard instead of Pat Boone, which mm. probably was the cause of his demise over time.
6: Because wow. he, was, he was
4: bringing um, uh, the black and the white kids together through the music. And wow. and that eventually, I think, probably did them in. Because at that time, look, if you look at where we went through doing the disco periods, instead of putting the artists on the covers, they had the, the disco girls on the, right. on the, the cover. Yep. And then you turn the cover over, and then you see the small picture of Cool and the Gang or Unlimited or mm-hmm. Touch, something mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, Alan Freed, I think, m- pushed the culture of black music for it. Mary Decay took the baton though.
0: Marie Decay.
4: Mary Decay, that, yeah. the, like, I remember like I was more in my uh, senses as a as a human. So I really understood the the Mary Decay thing and then watch him with that chant, he would do, ah, babe, ah, babe. And then he would do that little African chant that right. was roll out. But it kind of brought a lot of attention to him. And he was on TV all the time. Right, mm-hmm. right. P D Green. P D Green was a person I had a chance to listen to when I worked in DC. Uh, in 1977, they had him on on in the movie, which is brilliant brilliantly played by Don Cheadle. Yeah, uh, they have ridiculous. him they have him in the movie like he was on every day. But he had a a show that was on Sunday nights. He was oh. big on Sunday nights in DC, uh, P.D. Green show. And and the way that that Don uh depicted him was amazing. There's a guy in that in the movie, uh, named the Nighthawk, who used right. to be on W.L.I.B. in New York in the 70s. Um, which was um, BLS's sister station, Nighthawk. That was a real big DJ and was an influence on me as a kid in '76. And he's walking the two, the two Great Danes or something. Nighthawk. Mm-hmm. Cedric played Nighthawk to the hilt. I mean, Cedric, yeah, he, he yeah, yeah, really yeah. looked just like Nighthawk. That was uh, the guy that with uh, Roger Hinton <laughs> went in the control room. and came out and yeah. told PD Green, and then they had to fight in the control. Room. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, remember, well, yeah, PD PD Green was one of those guys that were more or less. Like a, a community talk show host, but he he was saying things then that folks wasn't really talking about on the radio, right. so yeah. So Petey Green was wasn't an influence, but he's somebody I heard during my journey. And when the movie came out, you know, you hear something, yeah. and then later on in life, it comes back around, and someone does a movie on them that they talk about. I was happy that I had a chance to really hear him, yeah. the original guy. But Don, Don Cheadle did his thing in that, yeah. Movie, that D. D. movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was great. That's great. You know what? Uh Female-wise, let's always listen to Lamar Renee, man. Yeah, Lamar, That voice, man. Yeah,
4: we're not, Lamar was along with Vi, Miss Vi Higginson. Hi, Higginson is, they, yes. were, they were the first two females on WBLS when Frankie yes. put it together. And Vi, who is still an amazing creator with uh, what she does with the kids up in Harlem yes. and mm-hmm. her daughter, Noelle. And Vi has always been a motivator. I think that her brother Randy Higginson used to do the roller skating parties in the 70s. Oh, and, okay. and Vi had her own magazine, Unique New York, that I think in many in many ways inspired Essence Magazine and Susan Taylor with mm-hmm. Essence Magazine. But Vi has always been a creative. And Lamar Nade's is an incredible broadcaster. Went to school in yeah. Boston. Um I worked around her in 70, 75 through 77 at WBLS, 76 to yeah. WBLS.
0: Yeah, so Bugs, you're from Queens, right? Born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens.
4: Oh, you was born in Brooklyn. Okay, yeah, okay. that's okay. Uh, born in born in Brownsville, East, in the East.
1: Okay, That's okay, East, we'll forgive you. Queen, Queen people will forgive you for that.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, you know, most folks in Queens all came from Brooklyn, right? It's really? like he's like, we moved. It's like at that time during the 60s, the black folks from Brooklyn moved to Queens. Mm-hmm. And as you got further in the 60s, the folks from Brooklyn moved to Long Island. Right. They, they right. skipped over. They went straight up the Bell Parkway or even Harlem, Harlem. hit the Southern State, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah man. You know, because I was um, the neighborhood. Queens neighborhood got a lot of people coming out of Queens neighborhood because I hear you talk about it all the time. Give us some of the people that came out from your neighborhood,
4: man. Oh man, you got Russell came out of here, man. Russell Simmons, Run DMC. You got, uh, of course, Count Basie was here as a as a kid. Pops passed by Count Basie's crib. Uh, all of the illuminaries lived over there. Denzel Miller, which was an amazing keyboard player. Um, I mean, LL. I mean, you go down to go down to Rip. I mean, we know there's yeah. a lot yeah. of lot of musicians. Um and 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 you had bands that came out of Queens too. And I think that was because we had the garages and the basements to practice in. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. What about basketball players, man? Did you look at Did you play ball? I was horrible. Oh, <laughs> I was
4: horrible. My, tall... my, my, my neighbor, my neighbor Brian Banks, always try my uh, Russell Banks tried to get me engaged in basketball, but by then, by the time junior high school and high school, I was already immersed in this wannabe radio thing. And I was Got about to wreck, I was going buying records from the record store and playing radio in the basement. Right. And he was okay. like, Man, you're big, you could palm the ball and everything. And I played a little bit, but I wasn't any good, okay? Okay, you, ever you DJ? know, you know, what didn't that, yeah, I did. I DJed uh, earlier, uh, we would DJ and playing. Like 78, 79, and I was doing gigs in Brooklyn. I was, you know, DJ Freddie B, Bugs. Um what <laughs> stopped me from DJing? I was DJing in Chile. Lady B that's in Philly now was the hip hop sister we brought over to Power 99 FM. And when I when I was in management and I came back to Kiss FM in New York in 85, I'm back with the Latin Rascals, Tony Humphreys, Chef Pettibone, Chuck Chill Out, Red Alert. I said, Well, there's no need in me having a DJ. I got the best DJs here.
3: Bloody and right.
4: uh and, and then going to BLS after that, Molly was there. We had Merlin Bob and, and then I hired Bobby Condas, who at the time right. was playing house, and then he he transitioned. So I really stopped DJing. I'm thinking about doing it again, though. It's been something that I've been wanting to revisit. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. and I can still I can still do it. But um, when I got in management and then was on air at the same time, at that moment I kind of felt like it was a violation to be in management and to be a DJ at that time. But now, you know, it's like the lines. Are all blurred now, so it really doesn't yeah. matter. You can do a, a marathon of things without insulting anybody. Right,
0: mm-hmm. right, right, right. That'd be some of uh, Bugsy spinning at the club tonight. That'd be crazy.
4: No, I can't. It's, it's, it's going to be crazier than you think. sooner or later. I just, I just got to commit.
0: It's about the commitment. <laughs> okay, I can dig it. Now, now, who's one of your favorite DJs that you work with when you're on the show? Because I know you worked with them all. You filled in here. You did this, did that.
4: I mean. Ooh. It's hard crew. to pick because they're, they're all different. Red and I got a lot of history. Chuck and I got a lot of history. So we kind of work together. We know what each other is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a couple of new people that come through, and I can't say new like new new, but s one I've had a chance to work with since being at BLS in 2012, and right. he's incredible. Um, we've got Miss ID, who's on with me on Saturdays at noon, and she's developed amazingly. I mean, I mean, people talk about her all the time, and she's an amazing DJ um it's like they're each is it's it's, every dj is a little bit different Mm. and 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 you like them for different reasons but out of people to work with i love working with them all but i think that you know initially working with red chuck and then molly later we never worked together uh in the magic days because that was magic's dj but you know yeah we work whenever i work for deja we work together now but but to work with a creative, because like I said, they're all a little different. Mm-hmm. So you get a Molly that's a creative and a DJ, you know, and a person. So it's, it's, it's interesting having had the blessing to work with a lot of people. And then we had Flex on it come up, right. Forget that was it. amazing because Flex was working with Chuck and then he worked with us at BLS in the eighties and to watch his trajectory has been amazing. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's interesting to have been blessed to be in the company of those folks, which makes it hard to say that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love yeah, them yeah. all because for different reasons.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, wow, man. You know, I was thinking about what's the name, um, because Ben Ben comes out of my neighborhood and Chuck comes out of my neighborhood. Right. You know, so I know them both. And um, and I do remember Flex carrying records for Chuck. So yeah. people don't know that he used to carry the records for Chuck.
4: Well, you know, one I... thing about one thing about Flex, people people get mad at him because of his of his uh being so bravado like but he's he's a student of the game and okay. and and he he doesn't stop learning and he don't stop wanting to win you know mm-hmm. so i mean so that's that's his energy and you see bent bent like myself does a lot of things like here new york yeah. philadelphia yeah. Yeah. um i mean he's you know so there's uh you've got a couple of incredible people uh around
0: yeah
4: yeah it's, it's amazing why did man. you
1: why did you leave radio to go work at Def Jam?
4: What was going on was I always wanted to do records. For a while, mm-hmm. you start to wonder. You get bored. And and things were changing at BLS. And where it was going, I wasn't really believing in it at the time. And uh, the opportunity came to leave. Mm-hmm. And I left and went to Cold Chill and did a and um, like I said, loving the music and and coming up with artists, and and yeah, and they had a chance to to work with the track masters. They did a couple of things for us when I was there and to meet a couple of genius had a deal at, at Def Jet. I mean, at Cold Chilling at the time, the Wu-Tang Clan was working, but Genius had that record come to me. That was the Teddy Riley New Jack Swing thing. I don't <laughs> know if you remember, but yeah. it was nothing like what he became with with the Wu-Tang Clan and Jizza, you know, Jizza mm-hmm. and, and Rizza. But it gave me it it, it kind of helped me. Narrow my focus,
3: because
4: mm-hmm. I—I always because a lot of people from radio did well in the, in the record industry, and after being in the record industry a couple of years, and I was going to Def Jam and, and promoting records to different radio stations, I realized that man, your love is that radio, son. You got. It. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but it was an opportunity presented itself after I walked away from radio, and I wanted to see if it was if it meant something if there was any any gold and platinum in those hills Mm -hmm. and there were but it really wasn't what i thought it was going to be
3: Mm -hmm.
4: okay and when the opportunity happened to get back to the radio i went running back
0: (laughs) 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 understandable understandable let me answer this question because this is very important for like artists how do artists well how do you explain to an artist coming from your perspective how to get their music played because they Mm -hmm. believe that they get a record out and it's gonna go straight on BLS. Can you tell us how that works? What what is the mechanism? What is the process? What would you tell an artist that's trying to get this, their music played?
4: Man? I think, I think now, uh, uh then then it was a situation where you had to you had to make sure that the streets knew about it. I mean, I think it's always been that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you gotta make sure that like I'm I, I think that, that we had something in earlier days in, in, in broadcast and in radio where you would hear something. And you would put it on and just go with it. Sometimes it's just a gut thing for some songs. Um, these days, it's more of it has to be proven. Now that radio has become more corporate, it mm. has to be proven because you got to answer to a couple other people other than your gut. Mm. So you know, you 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 know now. I think that with the internet, people are trying. That's how artists are being signed. You know, there was a time the same way that artists get signed. It uh, used to be a time when somebody goes see an artist. Want to sign them off the rep and then give them a deal? Now they're waiting until that artist is hitting so many numbers before they even decide to sign them. Was well, the same thing with the radio. You got to kind of create that story, um, and, and and it and it all like I said, it's always been that way. But it was more regional, where you had certain markets that played <clears throat> certain songs that may not play in other markets. DC had a set of songs that that happened in DC.
3: Right
4: when you go to DC, it was go go then when you went to baltimore it wasn't go go but it was more house right um, when you went to philly you had another thing in philly that was a little bit different you had a couple of rap artists in philly that may never play any place else but they're play in philly and be big in philly and maybe big in philly either. i think it's a matter of now if you're an artist you have to really put this, put a story together okay. um, and you got to on that on that, on, that, on instagram and all that you got to create the story and also I think that you have to perform. You gotta go do those gigs. You gotta let people know that you exist. Um yeah. opening up for the various acts. You know, right. it's right. it I think it's it's the, that's the way. Can anybody get a record played on the radio? Probably. But anybody can get over, but can't you stay over? Can Being you stay able over? to stay over is gonna be able, you gotta be able to, to be able to, to have more than that one song. That one song that you use to, to get the attention when that's over with you gotta have something else to come behind that. that, it, that yeah that, yeah. And, and you could you know the one hit wonders they come and then they go and a lot of the newer artists they really don't know how to perform because they come straight from the studio right to the right to the stage or right to the radio and some of the newer artists and they find their way through that while they're doing it. But to answer your question, I think that now you gotta really be dedicated to letting letting people know what your story is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know now they was they were saying that they tell the artists now that you got to do a silly uh, TikTok video in order to get the attention. So you got a lot of you got a lot of <laughs> a lot of new artists doing silly things that don't even relate to their to where, yeah. where they are or whatever, whatever their whatever their yeah. whatever their vibe is, and they, and they kind of miss the target a little bit. I think that you got to do those videos and do something that's really in your wheelhouse and don't play mm-hmm. yourself out, you know. Mm -hmm. like they you know they say one of the radio shows you played yourself you got to do (laughs) something where you don't play yourself and people take you seriously for who you profess to be so i think Mm -hmm. it's about um being able to develop your story um hit some of those college radio stations that's available and also now that we have all these internet shows that are available you know Mm -hmm. be able to develop relationships with people it's all, it's all about relationships, right? I agree. I yeah, agree. it's all about relationships. And and it's not waiting for the biggest person to develop the relationship with. Find those those up and that up and coming talent that's got those shows on the radios. Like back in the day we had WHBI. Now you've got various internet shows where folks are debuting music and and go there and, and let people know your story. And 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 of course, needless to say, put the work in. Put the work in. You, you,
0: you are preaching to the choir, brother. I agree with you one hundred percent, man. Yeah. You know, use that internet base because there's a lot of internet stations. I was telling somebody, look, man, if you can't get on the commercial radio stations, the big ones, there's a bunch of internet radio stations that if you got twenty five of them and we kind of all got together, right? and we started pushing some of the independent artists' music, at least you get an opportunity to be heard. It right. may not be on the level or scale you want it to be, but at least you don't even know who's listening and right. who might say, well, wait a minute, what's that? Because I know other stations listen to other stations. Everybody sure they do. Of course. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Sure they wait a minute, do. that's hot. That right there is hot. We, right. we might want to play this one. And that right. might be a way for you to get in as well. And they, oh, well, you know, you like you said, if you're not way up here and got this big reputation, Oh, no, no, I'm not gonna waste my time with that. But you yeah. gotta start somewhere.
4: You gotta start somewhere. And 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 you gotta be realistic of whether your product is happening, whether when is when is it time to go? When is it time to come back with the next one? You right. gotta be realistic about that. Like right. if you got if you got 10 places and it's going around and nobody cares, then you you gotta be respectful of the person that you've asked to take that chance on on your music. Um, and, and like, okay, well, okay. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. Like sure. you, you just can't, sometimes you can't beat a, beat a dead horse. Like if it's not mm-hmm. happening, it's not, if it's not happening with a lot of people, then it ain't happening. You
0: got to move on. You got <laughs> to move
4: on. And, and that's yeah. why I say you got to uh, make, make as much, make 10, 20, 40, 40 songs, and then filter through that and pick your best five and then mm-hmm. start working from there. And you know, people. Some some guys are doing. I got a nephew that's doing his own videos, and and he's investing time in his image and and paying attention and going around to different places and letting people see who he is and opening up for folk. You know, you got to put the work in. A lot of people just don't want to put that kind of work in. And you
0: it's work. It is work. <laughs> no overnight sensations. Everybody they think is overnight. Been there for fifteen years
4: trying to get on. You know. And you what know I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> and you know all the all the artists that you that you admire, they they had to put that work in. That's right. That's right. It's you know, when different. you hear the story of the of your favorite artist, and you hear their backstory, you know, it, it wasn't no just pop on the radio and up and running. It, right. it didn't. It didn't happen like that for a lot of them. Right. It happened like that for a few. Oh, but a few. we can't. We can't name them now, can we?
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it also on the same note, is you have to do your research about who you're going to approach for your music. That's right. There's a lot of scammers out there that want to charge you. To do something like that it, it sounds and, great in and the it, beginning and,
4: and it shouldn't be that way because that, exactly. that means exactly i mean if you leave with that then that means they're asking for that on the reg and that means they ain't really believing in your product because if it's exactly. if it's that good we used to I tell you what we used to do in the 80s because we did you know it was it was a lot smaller in terms of not having to report the big corporate like if i was out and we were at the rooftop and brucey e. b played something i would go yo what's that and I am I go look find out what it is and I go back and put it on you know yeah. what I'm saying and we yeah. making, that's how we used to do you know good old days but, baby yeah you like if you heard something and you were out Frankie yeah. used to do the same thing when he was going through the dance music period during 78 79 when he got back on the radio and he was at the Paradise Garage and that's right. Larry Levan wow. would play yeah. something he'll get an edited version of it and come back and bring it to the station, we used to do the same thing like that in Philly, like if we were out someplace and heard something you're like, yo, see, yeah, I got that in the office. I, I listened to it, I, did, I I couldn't hear it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you came back and you find, where's this damn thing? Oh, here it is. And you put it on and say, yo, we got to get this thing cranking, this is the bomb. Because sometimes when you, when you hear it for the first time, you miss it. I've missed a lot of songs and had to go back and go, yeah, I missed that one. You just put that one back mm-hmm. on, you know, mm-hmm. so. That was then now, as I said, it's a little more complex because you've got more corporate and you're reporting to various people and they want to make sure everything is legit no, right, right,
1: do you right. think that that might have kind of dummy down the music industry in terms of they they're very formulaic corporate, and so it's very difficult for someone who is not the norm to have their music played. do you feel oh, definitely. like
4: that? Oh, definitely you know i th- I think I think that right now when you look at um where we are with the with the female rappers and the, the you know, people say they're over-sexualized, but, but it sells. So when an artist, I think that, and I'm assuming, because I'm not in the record business, um, but I'm assuming if an artist came and had two or three sexualized records on her product and had some other songs where maybe the next two or three songs were more um, uh, uh, inspiring, uh and, and other I think maybe they do they say well no your audience don't want that get rid of those and give me three more of those other records mm-hmm. that you, so I, I you know and I think that that's done because everything's narrow casted mm-hmm. so now they're going right for that target like right. if that's if that's what's happening if it's if we're talking about shooting up the hood, and that's what's selling, then they want twenty-five of those songs for mm-hmm. your EP or whatever it is. Wow. Is it right? I don't think so. But right. you know, a business is a business. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much where we are at this stage of the game. Where you know, if you get one artist that's hot, then the labels all try to find that same type of artist and put them all exactly. out at the same time. Exactly. Right. Right. Wow. Wow. It's tough. So, man. to your, to your, to your, to answer your question, yeah, it, it does change. The game and cuts down on the variety that an artist an artist may be more more have more variety than you you think they do mm-hmm. first listen and then when you sit down with him you go i didn't know you were into that and into this and, and you go, yeah but they won't let me put it out and you it's know. been the history of time look back at the marvin Gaye album what's going on that album was was an album that they had to, he had to sneak out uh right. because Barry and them didn't want him putting out music that was going to be, um, that was going to be political. And that um, was political. Like the artists at that time couldn't be political. You know, now people even talk about the difference between LeBron James and Michael Jordan. They go, well, you know, Michael Jordan was not, never really about the community and blah, blah, blah. But at that time, it wasn't cool to be that. If you were a a, a star, it's a lot more palatable for, LeBron and Wade and some of the other players of this era to be more involved in the community and and things, right? It's like it wasn't cool for Michael Jordan to do it. Maybe it would have been, but that's not what it was. Right. And it was the same thing with the Diana Rosses or the Temptations at that time. And when Marvin hit with that, "What's going on?" They were like, right. right. <laughs> and then when it snuck out, it turned out to be the biggest record of of, of <laughs> our lives still to this day. Right, they still play it all the time. Then everybody Mm -hmm. else started making songs that were more um, socially conscious, more social conscious.
5: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Temptations came out with War. What is it good for?
4: War. What is it good for? Uh, Ball of Confusion, people moving out, Out, people moving out. out. (laughs) out (laughs) All 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 right, right. that was the Norman Whitfield, Barrett Strong section sessions. Mm -hmm. And they were, and the same guys were writing those love songs for the Temptations prior to 1968 and Cloud 9, 69. And they just took a turn because that's where the country was. Martin had just been killed. Malcolm had been killed years prior. Um, and 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 the civil rights movement was still moving. We were going through that that period with SNCC and the Black Panther Party. So things were starting to change. And I think Motown made that change. But I don't think Barry wanted Marvin to go there Right, but Marvin saw it and Marvin made the move, and it was a great move for his career and a lot of others,
0: right? right. You know, you know, that that piece with Marvin that was uh Dream Girls, remember Dream Girls, Eddie Murphy, the right. role where he right. wanted to, to the political songs and they kind of shut him down, and right, he told him, Jamie Foxx, no, you're not doing that, we're not putting that out. So, that 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 definitely was a reflection on, on the mm-hmm. Marvin
4: well, you know, that like, yeah, but um, Eddie's character was a composite character, Eddie was Eddie's character was like he could have been Wilson Pickett. Marvin Gaye, like he could have been any R and B artist that wanted to get to a point to right. start making those kinds of records, but they said, "Nah, you just keep singing them, them pointy shoes, ass shaking <laughs> records." We don't do. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah,
1: Jimmy yeah. got what? Jimmy got yeah. hot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. They still typecast that way too. So yeah. it's great
0: <laughs> You know what, Bugs? You've you've seen the evolution of hip hop. You got a shirt that says "Hip Hop" on right, right now. Take us through that journey. You've been around on radio. You watched the whole thing in its maturation.
4: Give us your take on hip hop, man. In the beginning, folks didn't believe it was going to happen. They say it's fifty years. I'll go with it. Um, look, it 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 was when you look back at we've always been rhyming on the records. Mm-hmm. When you go when you go back to Duke Ellington, Moon Maiden, Moon Maiden, he was rhyming on the record, and throughout the like my lifetime in this, you know, late sixties. Um, Gary Bird had the every brother ain't a brother out, and then we had the last poets. But they say that was spoken words, a little bit different. Yeah, you had yeah. you had, you know, um uh, uh, Gil Scott, and that's always been big in black radio, right? And um, we always heard those things. I think what happened was that the public school system here in New York cut the music programs out. Right. And and uh, and and you know, I went to Andrew Jackson High School here, and my people that went to Franklin K-Lane. At that time, by the time you get to 73, 74, a lot of the schools didn't have music programs. You couldn't learn how to play, excuse me, the saxophone or the trombone. And a lot of kids still had that music in them. And that's where the turntablism came to play. And they started using the records and playing bits and pieces of those songs that were their parents' songs. James Brown, Escapism, straight up rap record, Mm -hmm. no doubt. You That's know, right. it's like exactly. and I mean it, oh, man, if you said James, James if you said James couldn't sing, damn he was rapping through the whole record for sure. That's right. That's you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Hust that fuss. I ain't got no dust. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the evolution oh, of man, James
0: Brown, baby.
4: Oh yes. still to this day. That's right. I mean it, I mean it was It was a good reason why hip hop was built off James Brown and Mandrill Mm -hmm. and and the funk records of the past. George Clinton, immediately up, oh, I'm the jock, back on the scene with the record Mm -hmm. machine, doing the doing the old uh, DJ patter on the Mister Wiggles joint on the Aqua Boogie album, Um, and even George Clinton with Chaka City. What up, CC? So it was it was coming the whole time. I think that when the Fatback Band had the flip side of King Tim the Third, that King Tim the Third kind of opened up some eyes uh, the producer Jimmy jerry thomas that was with him and jerry thomas also played with uh jimmy cast a bunch uh the potential and all that but um but that 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 kington the third opened up some doors and the energy of what was going on uptown uh with 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 of course pdj jones with the official sound system in the bronx and and then you get around they talk about uh, Herc, and what Herc was doing, Herc was playing bits and pieces of all the funk records of that era. Now, people say it's 50 years of hip-hop started in 1973, but disco was still big in 1973, and it was still growing, and the Black disco records were basically the Black dance records for Philly International and the songs that we were playing, but they named it Disco to make it palatable for Absolutely. those other audiences to sink their teeth into it. Mm-hmm. dance
0: music, that's right.
4: Where the happy people go by the tramps that was out of Sigma Sounds was probably one of the first 12 inches that came out. And then later on that year, we got the double exposure 12 inch for 10%. But hip hop was, rap was growing. The hip hop part of it with the culture and the clothing and everything came later. Like as we moved into the late 80s and the 90s and the 80s, then that's when the hip hop started to really develop. But the rap had been there. And the focus of the rap started happening with cats rapping with the DJ. When the DJ may not have been that good on the turntable, but you you talked on top of it or rhymed on top of it, kind of fill in the holes. You know, before the two turntables, nobody knew what to do when the forty-five dropped in between the records, so people would start talking around that time too. But that doesn't get any credit for it. But by the time they started putting it putting it together, but by the time we get to you had the Brooklyn. Brooklyn was 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 doing was rapping and DJing. Queens was rapping and DJing. Mm-hmm. Then the Bronx was in Harlem. The focus really happened after the blackout and everybody got free. Girls. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> after that blackout. seventy-seven was blackout. That seventy seven blackout. And 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 you gotta give credit to Sylvia Robinson yeah. for making it official. People say, well, you know, Sugar Hill Gang wasn't really a crew, but they put it together and made it official and and did what they did. You got to give Sylvia Robinson credit, who helped develop the moments. Linda Jones and a bunch of other R&B groups uh, doing the '60s and the '70s. So you know you got to give uh, the Robinsons a lot of credit for that. Yeah. And and I think that from there you got to look at what Russell was able to do by legitimizing it and and making it as big as it was, making it legitimate, making it legitimate, and a few other folks you know that that, that took it and and made it legitimate. Yeah. Uh, for them to get the big label deals,
1: mm-hmm. you know.
4: I mean, it's and, and it's still growing. I mean, yeah, has the music changed a little bit? Do yeah. a lot of the new artists not know some of the, one, the ones who preceded them? Yeah, but I think that's probably the sweet spot of us celebrating the 50 years, whether you believe it's 50 years or not. I'm glad that the celebration was there because it was hard to get those songs on the radio in mm. prime time. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to have been at that place in my career in management where I was like the the rap uh <laughs> the rap whisperer, right? You know, I, mm-hmm. well, you know, this song needs to go on. Well, you know, we can't play that during the day. It had to play like after three or after six. Don't play it in the mornings and not in the middays. Always just leave it for the weekends. But the best thing to happen out of that, when you suppress something, the pressure builds up pressure mm-hmm. bills, the pressure bills. The and then once once it once it really starts to happen it blows and then it's all over all over the place and there was a station in la in frisco camo that started playing rap all day in, in the mid in the late 80s 87 88 and then a station in uh dc pgc top 40 stations that started doing it because the white kids were becoming big fans. They were big fans of Run DMC, LL, Cool J, Dougie Fresh. They were big fans of those, those those artists. And the pop station's music was starting to change. Their yeah. likes were starting to change. And so the pop station started playing it. And it actually forced a hand. Hot 97 was basically a pop station. It was a dance station. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they they were losing. And when that general manager went in there and decided to make that move, it just changed New York. Then. BLS, that wasn't really known for playing rap all day started taking chances on a lot of those songs, and 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 here we are now where we are.
0: Wow, wow! It's been it's been some incredible celebrations this year, hasn't it, it been? Oh man, unbelievable! unbelievable. Hasn't it been? And yeah. and you
4: know I think I think some of the best part of it, best parts of it is to see um, Melvin Glover, Melly Mel, and yeah. And, yeah. and 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 a lot of the guys. Karis won. And, and people that have not been looked at as being pop. You know, when you think about Melly Mel and, and one of the first guys to be on a Shaka Khan record, uh, Quincy Jones production, that was a big moment for us, us hip-hop fans, right? Us people that loved hip-hop, it was a big moment for Melly Mel to be on a Shaka Khan record yeah. and playing across the board and yeah. playing all day long. It opened yeah. up the doors for that. And then, you know, you got the Houdini that, that changed the game a little bit. My friend Larry Smith, that was the producer on that. I, you know, p- people started to realize that, yo, this is the music. And of course, as we got older and the music became more palatable for us, you know, you know, <laughs> when my mom and dad realized, well, it's happening. It's, you know, it became more palatable for us. When we grew up, the music grew with us. And then our kids started coming up with it. Now, folks, the biggest complaint I've heard about the 50th anniversary celebration has been that. It's the 50th anniversary celebration, and no rap record's been number one. No hip-hop record's been number one. Well, that's not true, because hip-hop is in every one of those number one records that have been number one. Whether, mm-hmm. whether you're talking about, um, the, uh, the, uh, the, what's her name? Um, Doja Cat, right? Mm-hmm. She's got some right. Mm-hmm. Those beats, all those beats and those artist records, mm-hmm. that all comes from hip-hop. It all comes from our culture.
0: Right, right, right. Now you know uh, you know DXT, right? With uh, yes. Herbie, Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock and right.
4: in eighty five that open blew the doors wide open. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. with the jazz purists. I used to hear the interviews with Herbie Hancock saying that he was his guys, his his peers were like, Why are you doing that with what that he mm-hmm. says it's music? That's what I feel like doing at the time. He had yeah. the foe, he had the vision. He knew what it was and it was already bubbling under at the time houdini you know run dmc was big already right it's like run dmc was all on mtv
0: they changed the game man mm-hmm. they, they sure did the yeah
4: yeah they put that rock I mean, and that it, hip-hop together yeah right and i mean you know they were rock and roll with that um rock box from the beginning before the Aerosmith records
3: mm-hmm. they
4: had their they had the rock box and you're blind and it and it changed the narrative a little bit it, it let folks know that hip-hop could be this. And, and hip hop can be that. And I think that we're still there. But to your point, sister, I think that they've they've kind of got the clamps on a lot of the younger talent. Yeah. And and I think these young poets have some other things they want to talk about. And I think we'll probably hear that in the next couple of years, next mm-hmm. couple of months or so. Mm-hmm. You start hearing the difference. When you look at, you know, K. Dot out in L.A., you know, you hear what he's making. And you, there's a there's a couple of different types of uh, songs out here that's, that's really ringing a bell across the country you know, and in many pockets.
0: Where are we at in terms of R&B music? Where's that at now? What do you see that? What's happening with that?
4: I think what's old is new again, you got this kid, uh, October, that's got the Marvin Gaye sounding song. Jay Brown's (laughs) another artist. You got a couple of R&B artists out. You know, Tyrese was was hitting with R&B for a minute, then, you know, the movies kicked in. R&B's been here. I I think the... um, the folk of, I mean, the Faith Evans sessions with Bad Boy and Coco Jones now, and mm-hmm. and and um, uh seven is another r and here? It's it's a matter of how long, you know, the life of R&B record. They say like it's, it's six or seven weeks, and then it goes away. Like they don't they don't hang on as long because they're more R&B records, so they say. But I, I think R&B is here. It's a matter of folks focusing on it. You mm-hmm. know, the the talk is not there. And for every good R and B record, there's three pop records that sound just like it that might get more mm-hmm. attention.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yep. I, I, I feel
1: you, brother. But you, but you know what? The crazy thing is, is that they are sliding R and B into jazz. So now it's you. You go to these festivals or these concerts, and you see artists who are truly R and B, and that's all they sing. Now they're folding it into jazz, smooth jazz. But that,
4: but that was happening before. You remember yeah. the um. The Budweiser Superfest oh, was, was, yeah. Uh, yeah. was actually a yeah, yeah. Of, the, of the Newport Jazz Festival or something. Mm-hmm. and And the Budweiser, you would get uh, Stanley Tarantino on there, right? Yeah. Or you would get Lonnie Liston-Smith. He had that Expand Your Mind that everybody uses right. samples now. But then you would still get Cameo on that show and maybe mm-hmm. Stephanie Mills on that same mm-hmm. show. So that was good. That was going on pretty much 78, 79. And I think that when they took Smooth Jazz off the radio here in New yeah. York, it developed it developed a, it developed a, a vacuum because right. there's still a lot of fans for smooth jazz, mm-hmm. but for some reason radio's not really paying that any attention. But I think that you know things go and come and mm-hmm. and and them pairing the R and B with the smooth jazz might be a vehicle for it to come through on. Right. And and you also have the the pairing now of the of the RB with the with the hip hop, because you had the hip hop mm-hmm. RB. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of the focus being on it, I don't think that there's been enough focus on R&B per se. Diddy's coming with this album that he's saying he's bringing R&B back. So we'll see what happens when that hits later on
1: this week. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <You> know, <laughs> wow. I miss I miss the George Dukes of the world. I, I was a George Duke. George fan. Duke was amazing, right? You know, yeah, yeah, he, he, he did that blend. I think Robert Glasper is the closest thing. Robert Glasper is, yeah, he's
4: the truth. Robert Grasper is the truth and in many ways you hear he's worked with a lot of artists out of Chicago rap artists out of Chicago so I mean you're 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 getting it but it's not it's not being billboarded
1: as such exactly exactly
4: yeah man
0: yeah you know um what's his name um Christopher Williams right another 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 friend from our neighborhood I was talking to him the other day and you know, all of this, uh, you know, how oh, I'm going to make a comeback. I'm going to make a comeback. I'm going to make a comeback. This, this brother's telling me, he said, look, man, all I want to do is, is feed my family, man. He said, he said, I'm past the illusion of trying to make this big comeback, man. Right. I have a gift. I just want to spread my gift, continue to do it, wh- whatever God has set up for me, man, and just really just take care of my family. Because, you know, you see these, you know, he said, you know, when he was younger, he was wild. He was wild. And He got mature, and he realized the reality was really happening out here. And yeah. I think a lot of artists, as they get older, you gotta you gotta take it for what it is, man. You know, you had your time, but there's still a place for you. Absolutely, right? there's
4: still a place. Absolutely, for you. He, Chris has got a catalog. Yeah, I mean, he can work. It's you know. um, it's just, it's like we all, all of us, you know. It's like as you get older, as you season, I should say, because yes. old, old is no good. I mean, old is over. <laughs> but but as <laughs> but as we season, we grow. And and when you're younger, I was a little reckless as when I was younger. Like I was a reckless and had an ego and all that other stuff. And and then you then you season, and 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 then you got people coming behind you, and you realize that you gotta you gotta try to set a tone. Like you can't. You can't do like you did. You can't do everything that at at 4850 that you did when you was 25. Like, that's right. That's yeah. like being 25 sitting in the sandbox with the kids. You got to you got to kind of mm-hmm. get to that next level and I think that from what you're saying, Chris is probably looking at that. And I think that there are people out here who still want to see Christopher Williams live. Okay. He puts on an incredible show, you know. Okay. You got to yeah. you got to come put that show on, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. folks aren't really getting a chance to see shows right they used to with, the, bands, with the prices bands, of tickets t-shirt. being what they are the wife and i went to see um my cousin saw gladys Knight in atlantic city and she told me about it said, you know what maybe i should go get some tickets get some tickets to see gladys Knight. so we ordered tickets and went out to westbury and saw gladys Knight when she was here the other month amazing mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. amazing and you know she's she's it she, you could tell she was she's been on the road a lot and, and she's on that stage hitting those songs and walking around and personable with the audience. And, and you're at Westbury Music Fair with everybody. He, you got Middle Eastern folks, white folks that might be Trump supporters, and, and everybody else, black folks. Right. And when that part in Midnight Train to Georgia came on, woo-woo, everybody went woo-woo. Everybody. So it's like, let you know how the music, no matter what your political platform is, kind of quells all of that, but she still performs at the age that she is. And I mean, when you sit there and, and you just look, look, listen to, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and there's still artists out here like that. Yeah. And, you know, It's are. just, I think the, I think the unfortunate thing for a lot of the newer artists is that they don't get 20 year runs, 25, 30, 40 year runs. Yeah. They don't even get a chance to make three or four albums anymore with the downloads. That's where the difference is in the music business, where the albums, everything that's released now has got to be a hit. It's got to be a hit. It's got to be a hit. You don't either people don't buy to get the CD or to download the CD. You can barely get. So you get the download. People don't want to download the whole all 13, 14, Mm -hmm. 15. So they'll download just what they like. And there's no, and and there's no platform Mm -hmm. for folks to hear. This is where I think the R and B situation may be, a little scurvy yeah. is that there's no place to get a, a, a October album and and hear the other cuts on it for the masses because that's the one song that the radio's playing. The radio used to right. play the hit and then we would play the album cut. Right. That's yeah. not going right. on anymore. Right. You know. Right. So that's right. that's probably one of the holdbacks. And even though people can stream it, people only stream. The majority of folks will only stream what they're familiar with. So mm-hmm. that will get the most amount of numbers in the stream. Right. And the other cuts on the album probably won't. So the labels are looking at it like, ain't nobody else streaming it, so we can get rid of that one. So the life of an album is a lot shorter now, which is why a lot of artists talk about making EPs, which I have what is it, six cuts or something, making yeah. an EP. Yeah, and four, like, and six over six, six or seven, yeah. then you call it an album. So I think that's probably some of the pitfalls. The The audience for, for rap, for hip hop, is a lot more active then the audience is for R&B, and I think that's that's what you were probably referring to, yeah. where we see the... Mm-hmm. That's right. true.
0: And then the artist has to perform because they're right. not making money off the albums anymore. They're not making money off the of records. You have to go on tour
4: in order right. to make money. And you, gotta, you, really and you gotta show and prove when you do it. Look yeah. at Janelle Monae. Janelle Monae has gone through a couple of, pro- a couple of moves with, uh, I think she was with Prince, mm-hmm. and she was with Diddy for a minute. Then she moved on and got with another situation, and she keeps trying to find that thing. This latest video is mad hot, but it's it's you know it's it's very vibrant. But mm-hmm. but here's an artist that's you know that's well known, but in terms of being uh, looked at as being a, a Diana Ross type or a Beyonce type or something like that, no one's really looking at her like that. Right. But she's got a catalog of songs, and she's mm-hmm. trying to find. She's got a pocket, but. She continues to try different things. You know yeah. what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. and then you figure, well, do we do we slot her as R and B, or do we look at her as pop, or is she R and B pop rock? It's like, so the categories get things a little jammed yeah. up too. And
0: hey, listen, it look does. how look how talented the other night we saw Chrisette Michelle, man did she do She her is thing? phenomenal oh she my phenomenal
4: God. she had a good run at def Jam because she was on a lot of records over there at def Jam. Mm. um but uh, they, you know it didn't really I love her so man I was saying mm. you know, on that stage man the songs that she was singing it was Ooh, like man. you forgot you've almost forgot about them.
0: yeah she's almost so glad it, about that it, up, it. Ha,
4: it ha, was ha.
1: such a, a meteoric rise for her and then it was just a meteoric Slam dunk. With well, the it was. Cold.
4: I think what happened was you know. the was the her her performing at at, the at the old boy situation, yeah. which wasn't which wasn't fair to her. I, th- I don't it think wasn't. it was fair to it her. Wasn't. I thought I felt my feelings were, and I said it to her that she should have been able to perform wherever she performed, but that didn't mean that she supported that person. You perform where you perform. When I was moving around with the bands, and the bands was in the eight hundred two union, like mm-hmm. you you would do, the bands would play. At, at supper clubs and everything else. And they they wasn't down with whoever was given the situation, but they were right. basically entertainment. But in the world that we're living in now with social media, it's
1: so easy. Exactly. It's so yeah. easy to, to cancel Let, people yeah. out. Yeah. Let, and, and and we become a society that's very judgmental. Yeah. Um, I You know, I love Chrisette Michelle. I love the music that she does. And I feel bad for what she has continued to go through. She's at a place where she's starting all over again from scratch. How nuts is that?
4: How nuts is that? How crazy is that?
1: That is very crazy. Over yeah. just one bad decision.
4: And, and, and you know, it wasn't so much that. It wasn't so much that. I don't even think it was a bad decision. She did a gig. She right. performed she at a gig. gig. Um, it could have been any gig, right? She performed mm-hmm. at a gig. She did a gig. She did what she got to do. She got paid. Now, next gig. But, you know, social picked it up and ran with it. And the majority of the people who commented probably were folks that didn't even know that she wasn't a supporter, but she was a performer at an event. And so those folks, this is where social media gets crazy because people will read someone else's comment and not know what happened and not even really be aware of it and sign on like they did. And everybody else, the other 2,000, 2,500 people will sign on like they were there. They didn't even know it either. And the labels go, oh wow, she's, she's too hot on here. We can't deal with her. And that's, that really was, that's how many times do you have
1: to fall on the sword. I mean, she's fallen on the sword. Every time someone has asked her, she's admitted that, you know, I, okay, I made a bad decision. I I didn't listen to what everybody was saying. This is what I was trying to do. I was hoping to bridge, make a bridge for us to have a conversation. It didn't work. Yeah. And I I kind of hate
4: the fact that when people interview her, they they ask her that question again, though, because I think that it's like, like, let it be. Let's move on yeah. and keep it moving. You know what you I'm saying? Done I done something stupid. i You know, really, we used to say I don't haven't. even know if that was stupid or not, though. I can't even say it was stupid. I just think that she did a gig. She did right. a gig, and and she performed at the gig, and she went home. Mm-hmm. She she didn't raise the flag, and I say vote for him again, and she didn't do any of that. She was not a Trump supporter. She said that from the get go. Yeah, she was. She didn't go there with that in her mind. I think she. It was a gig. They offered right. her this, and she's at work. I gotta pay a light bill. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, right
0: there. I, I, I see I, my I brother Tadpole shaking his head. Tadpole shaking his head, man. You he bad brother. That was,
2: it that, was, that was, you know, what I, what our community did. That was it's a double
4: standard.
2: <clears throat> um, Steve Harvey went to see Donald Trump too.
4: Yeah, he did.
2: And and he's he's not suffering like that, you know. TMZ
4: him the them up, and then for a couple of weeks, people was on him. But he had a, the, the difference with Steve is that Steve had an opportunity to kind of talk it out. I it,
2: think. Was a it, it just should it just shouldn't be. Just shouldn't be. But yeah. um getting back to you, um, you worked at some really hot stations. One of the hottest stations that I used to like back in the early 70s was WMJR in Newark. Right. Um they were playing stuff before New York would get it. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. The Black Rock of the Great uh, East Coast. Uh,
2: <laughs> station was from that Newark station. Right. Uh The first I heard, huge corporation was, was from WMJR.
4: Right, uh, right. Uh, back in the day, back in the day, that station was like the breaker station. That was like, yeah. you know, when, it, when, it, when we were talking about what to tell an artist to do now, you got to mm-hmm. find some place to kind of break. Your situation, and they was a station that was in the Metro New York area that can be heard in Brooklyn and parts of Queens, and and of course they own New Jersey, uh, yep. because they had, Mayor, Mayor Gibson was always at the station, and but but they were the ones that would take a chance on the new music that maybe if it was hot in Baltimore and Philadelphia, then it was most yeah. certainly going to be on WNJR. Was that a black-owned station? It was owned by a company called Rollins. The jet, this jockeys went on strike there in 1968. And 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 it never came back around. The company left the station up in the air. A black owned Black folks ran it. Mr. Um, Mr. Dan Robinson was one of the receivers of the station. They ran it, and also Ernie Howard that owned the Peppermint Lounge, that was the home of the comedians, uh, where Bob Bob Sumner started doing uh, all the comedy uh, out in New Jersey. Uh, they was they those two were the uh owners of this well they were they were running the station. They wasn't owners. The station stayed in receivership for a lot of years. And um but yeah, that station was really the station that broke a lot of black music. I mean, you they know like the, the early uh Chuck Chuck Brown and the Soul Search to grab your whistle and blow started with play there before I played <laughs> in New York on WWRL.
2: Right. Hey, they used to even play the escorts. <laughs>
4: Yeah, of course, because it was in Jersey. It was right there in Broadway. Those guys in Broadway prison. All we need is another chance, give it to us. And that also was with George Kerr coming through uh, All Platinum Records, which was was later on but would become Sugar Hill. Oh,
2: wow, wow, wow. Yeah. In your Philly days, did you work at uh, WD- WDAS anytime? I
4: knew, I knew everybody there. We were in the competition. I was Power 99 FM. We started Power 99 FM in nineteen eighty 1980, October 1982. And yeah. we were the competition with DAS. But everybody at DS, Mimi, uh Butterball, uh Doug Henderson, which was Jocko's son, we were all like family Um,
2: the legendary Georgie Woods.
4: Georgie Woods was on the AM station when I was there.
2: Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. George, Georgie George, Woods. Yeah. Uh you remember another guy, Jerry Blavitt, the geeter with the heater, the Jerry boss Blavitt, with the
4: song. Power 99 FM at an AM station that used to be a big top 40 station, WFIL. And Jerry Blavitt was on that station doing the oldie show. And he would come through the door,
1: hey baby, what's going on? What's up, what's up?
4: The Gita with the heater. The word back then was because he knew a lot of people in, in, in Philadelphia. And they said they would say, Don't go to lunch with Jerry Blavitt, because rumor has it that he went to lunch with one maid guy. And he got him, went to the bathroom. And when he came back, the maid guy was no longer alive. Ooh. So it was like he he knew certain people in Philadelphia. That, but he was really a great guy. He just passed a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Jerry Gita was probably one of the greatest top 40 guys, and he would do his thing down at Margate all the way to the bitter. I think up to about five or six years ago, he was still doing Margate in New Jersey, playing those oldies and 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 uh, and the, the, those Bobby Sox records, I used to call it. <clears throat>
0: hey, 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 Buck, stand by for one minute. I got something for you I want you to see. Check this out.
5: Frankie Crocker
6: I'm Bobby Jay, formerly of WWRL and WCBS FM in New York, and I'm proud to have known many of the great radio personalities of our era and to have been guided, nurtured, and mentored by many of them, especially Douglas Jocko Henderson, the ace from out of space, who used to go back and forth between his home in Philadelphia and New York City to work. My co-worker at Super 16, the man who ate generation of rappers looked upon as their idol. Hank Spann, we called him the soul server. My teacher, my mentor, the dean of radio, Hal Jackson, who taught me there are no big I's and little U's. That it's nice to be important Well, it's more important to be nice. The chief rocker, Frankie Crocker, who came to New York City from WUFO in Buffalo to WWRL, WMCA, WLIBFM, which became WBLS. The king of rock and roll, Alan Free, who was very important to me and my original vocal group, The Latins, and whose style in my early days on the air I copied. Ralph Waldo P. D. Green from Washington, D.C., an Emmy Award winner for his television work, worked at WWRL's sister station, WOL, in D.C., and whose life and exploits were portrayed on the silver screen by Don Cheadle in the movie Talk to Me. Tommy Smalls, Dr. Jive at WWRL, whose shows at places like the Low State Theater and the world-famous Apollo Theater rivaled Alan Freed for attendance and impact. Ralph Cooper Sr., a man who I used to sit in on his radio show at WHOM and take requests for him. We call Ralph Cooper, Dark Gable. You see... He was a movie star. He appeared in a film called The Duke is Tops, but introduced to the world Lena Horne. Morning man extraordinaire at WWRL and WLIB, Eddie OJ, of whom the OJs were named. In Philadelphia, the man with the goods was Georgie Woods. Also from Philadelphia, Reggie LeVong. Reggie replaced Tommy Smalls as Dr. Jive at WWRL and later on would work at WNBC under the name Just John. In Chicago, at WVON, which was owned by the Chess Brothers of Chess Records and whose call letters stood for the voice of the Negro, E. Rodney Jones, who had a profound impact on Don Cornelius of Soul Train fame. I worked in Memphis, Tennessee at WDIA which was the home to not only one of the great radio personalities of memphis but he was a hit recording artist in his own right and alongside his daughter carla rufus thomas the big bad dog we called him the mouth of the south these are just a few of the great radio personalities who unfortunately are no longer with us but they left a lasting impact particularly on people like me who well part of that last generation we will never see their likes again and coming up next a look that's amazing uh that's dope that's amazing yeah Yeah. see
4: those are see those are all the guys that like i was in in study those are all the guys that that i had been told about and we would get the cassettes and air checks and listen to what they were doing um some great men right there and and at a time when black radio was basically race radio a lot of them you know, was on three and four hours of the station that didn't play that kind of music all day. So you know, when we look at where we are now, insofar so far as hip hop radio and and black folks being on the air, and and then now when we look at where we are now, your show and 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 you hear it's a it's an amazing period. Can it get better? Yeah. Should it be better? Hell yeah. yeah. But but man, you know, when you think about the early days of black broadcasting or programming. To the black audience, it was like midnight to three or or nine to midnight, and and oh my gosh, and a lot of parts of the country and some cities is still like that.
0: Wow, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's that. why
4: you guys we got the internet, that's why you've got Sirius XMs and the Spotify's and, and your show now. That's you know?
0: amazing, man. So what's next for you, Bucks? What, what, what you up to next, man? What's going on with it? Don't
4: know. Just gonna try to live through this. I can't <laughs> even go. front. Just try I to mean. Try to live live through this and, and and try to be as consistent as possible. Um, you know that's that's where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Where can we find you on social media, Bugs?
4: A Bugsy Bugs World B U G S Y B U G G S. I'm on Instagram, TikTok. I got a couple of little silly things on there. Uh, <laughs> I'm on Threads. I'm on Threads, and also still on Facebook mm-hmm. and right. Twitter as well. X. Right, right, right. And then right. Saturdays, ten AM on BLS, uh daily, noon to six on Sirius XM Fly. If you are out west, it's nine to three uh Pacific time.
0: What what time is uh Sirius XM when you come on there?
4: Noon to six, noon Monday to 6. through Friday Monday, and uh nine right. to three Pacific. Wow, man.
0: Wow. You know, to us man here in New York, brother, we love you, man. You you know the staple guys to me are thank you. Are man. For back in the day, man, when I was coming up, man, it was Frankie Crocker. It was me X too. Band. it was it was Eddie OJ. It was Lebron Renee. It was Vi Higginson. It was BK Kirkland. You know those guys, man. And then it was BK's Mr. the bomb, boy. That's right, man. Mm-hmm. It was Mister Vaughn Hopper, man. That's you right, man. Big brother. Hopper. That's right. And BLS, BLS to me back then was community radio it was really, right with a sudden sat, it was really community radio i remember them asking what's going on in the neighborhood and they had the community bulletin board and they would talk about actually what's going on in my hood man and that's I right they really did that that's you know, right and we felt a part of it and i remember going to bls uh one time to do something um uh, all in the brothers in the music and i think we went up and we saw frankie crockett at four o'clock they would change the mic the roses was out, and 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 the gold mic was put on. You know the gold. Yeah, he was in the other room. On. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. he was doing his thing, man. And you talked about the Paradise Garage. My partner Ray Caviano would yes. be with Frankie at the Paradise Garage with Larry Levan, and you're right. Frankie would hear something on 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 Friday night. It'll be on the air Monday.
4: That's right. That's real talk. He man. paid attention. You paid attention to what was That's happening. Right. You know, right. and he He's was bad boy. and he was a cat. He was a cat that kept kept people around them to put them up on stuff. I mean when I was programming, I did the same thing. It's like you you put people around you to help make you better. Right. Right. It's like, right. and I think that right now is it don't it don't happen as much like that anymore. Right. Because everybody wants to be the everybody wants to be the cat's ass. But yeah. uh you put people <laughs> you put people around you to make you better. It's like and and I think that's that's what I've learned. And and it's humbling. And it's humbling because you don't know it all. So you gotta make sure you plug in with those that know and open your eyes up to certain things. You know, because as I said, we come up with an idea of how things should be, but as you season, things change. And in order for you to be a better, effective communicator, you gotta be able to peep in and understand what that is. Mm
0: -hmm. It may
4: not be for you, but at Mm -hmm. least understand what it is. Instead of criticizing it, this is what I say about a lot of my um, peers when it comes to the new hip hop, the drill music. Hey, yo man, I say, yeah, but you gotta remember, when we were at the Paradise Garage and the mayor was shutting down these spots, they were saying the same thing about our music. So, you know, you gotta you gotta be supportive. And if you get an opportunity to talk to some of them young guns, let them know, hey man, that's good. But you know, you can talk about a little bit more than you are if right. if, if it's in your wheelhouse. Right. right. But don't don't understand what it is and don't don't be so fast to criticize and the need. I think that we we owe it to ourselves and our culture not to do that.
0: Right. Right. True indeed. So in, in parting, man, what would you tell someone, a person trying to break into the radio business, become a job? What would you
4: tell How would you tell them to go about it? I think that I think that we have um, a lot of different things that I didn't have when I when, when I wanted to be on the radio. You have this this platform now you've got you can get a USB a USB mic and a computer and log on and, and get on the gram and start working, work on your craft listen around to hear and decide what you want to be or, or put plug in and just start talking and see how much better you can be at that and how effective you are and, and, and and find something that it's gotta be something you really love. If you really love it, do it. If, If you want to do it for the bag, don't do it, do it because it's a love do it because you have a feeling, then you'll make that commitment to be here every Tuesday at 8 or whatever it is because when you're on this internet the difference here is that you got to be consistent you got people Mm got to know that every every week at this time or every two or three days at this time this is when this show is on Mm -hmm. and and to me it's the same as me saying to Gary Bird or Hank Spann and them, y'all I'm coming up to the station tomorrow at six is or is it all right and to be there, it's five thirty before they get there, so I can come in and look and listen and learn. It's the same thing that you have to do if if it's if that's what you want to do. Uh If there's somebody mentoring you, respect their time, and and don't be late, and don't waste their time if this is not what you really want to do.
0: Got you, you, my brother. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Those are wisdom words of wisdom, and I'm going to take it in myself. Yeah, you say, are. Bro. You're oh, doing I'm, it. I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're already doing it. Hey, man, it doesn't, you know, you can learn from anybody. I don't care how old you are or whatever. Each one, teach one, man. And we got to pass things along to one another, man. That's right. Because you might know something. See, a smart person brings smarter people around them. That's right. Or or people that know what he doesn't know. I don't know everything. I don't care Mm -hmm. how long I've been here. Anybody
4: you know? that tell yeah. you they know everything that's some. you better run because yeah. they don't yeah. know mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey
0: or well, what, what what I wanted to tell you, um, Manette, is 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 tell them tell him about your company and what you do because you're sitting there and let them know what you do. Listen, I was just taking it in. Well, no, let them know what you do.
1: <laughs> I actually have a management company. I used to be a singer and I decided to step away from singing and I started managing. Um, so I manage a lot of jazz artists. I have Allison Williams now.
3: Yes, I have sense.
1: Nathan Mitchell, Ryan Lavette, who's out of Auckland, New Zealand. Um, he'll be in the country next year touring. And then, of course, I work with my brothers, who are Najee. And then my other brother manages him, Fareed Hawk. Yeah, I know Fareed. And Fareed. Learned, yes, I've learned from I the best.
4: Fareed, I saw Fareed on uh, Linden Boulevard at the, at the Fish House years ago. I was with Larry, God bless the day. <laughs> I saw Fareed. Yeah.
1: Yes, oh, I I've been doing that for uh, let's see, 2008. That's okay, and I've been building ever since. And that you're artist, right, it's consistency. You have that, to constantly do it. You have to find the love in it, and get That out artist there and management, it. that
4: artist management is a lot. It is a oh. lot. <laughs> I had a little group, TCF <laughs> Crew. We had a record out um when I was a coach, and they used to be the backup dancers to uh, Coogi Rap and Polo. I'm not. Mm-hmm. The, I ain't the one. And they had a. They had a, a takeoff of. Uh, I want to sex you up. Good kids and everything else. But that artist management. Ooh, that's special. <laughs> you know what? I
1: think what helps is that I was an artist, right. and so you can't really blow smoke. Up my, you right. You know
3: right, what? Right, I'm gonna right.
1: tell you like it is. I'm gonna be transparent. I tell them like it is, but I also advocate for them because in this I've
4: been.
1: environment, in this culture, they need advocates. They do. But they also need realistic goals about where their their career is going, and right. it's got to be love. Just
4: being able to be open with the artists, because you know, exactly. artists will find will will be happy at one thing, and and as a manager, you have to be there to keep them inspired, because they will exactly. want to di- turn on a dime, and the time they want to turn is the time when things are just about to happen. Exactly. So it's, and when you talk about Allison Williams, we talking about, about hip hop. Allison Williams was with their first, first hip hop band, hip-hop. Orange Crush. That's Orange right. Yeah. I want right. action with Larry Smith and Trevor getting those guys. Hell of a record. Nice. Exactly.
0: Yes.
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: That is so my brother Tattletail. You know, yeah. You're Yeah. I got to unmute Tattletail. He's had a little difficulty with his mic, so that's why he's been muted. Oh, okay. I, knew, I know he wants to say something to you. Hold on. Let me uh, go ahead, Tattletail. Try to get it in, bro.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, Yeah, I saw uh, one of the photos. The legendary Ralph Cooper came up. Uh, This, this is a brother that was not only in radio, but he did he did movies. I mean,
4: black and white movie was on with him the other night.
2: Yeah, the Duke is tops. He did a couple of cowboy movies. You know, I know him well. I used to go up to his house all the time up on uh, Riverside Drive. I know I know his kids very well. Uh, son, Ralph. Ralph Jr.,
4: that was my dude. Ralph is a mess, boy.
2: <laughs> the the legend of um, the Honeymooners is that um, Jackie Gleason used to always come up to the Apollo. Uh, so did Milton Berle. All the uh, white communities come to the Apollo. Sure, They, w- they were still material, but yeah. uh, Jackie Gleason asked Ralph Cooper, he says, uh, Ralph, that character that you do you know, the guy, that loud talking, tough guy character. Can I use that character? And Ralph Cooper told Jackie Gleason, yeah, you can use that character. So that's how Ralph Cramden was born for the honeymoons.
4: Wow. Really? And you me. know, and you know the thing about the thing about it, you know, Amos and Andy was looked at as like a negative for black folks. But the thing that was the beauty in Amos and Andy, Amos and Andy made what that 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 was basically nobody goes through this by themselves you gotta come through with somebody else. And no matter what, yeah. Amos and Andy were the same. Now, when you look at Amos and Andy, you look at the, the Honeymooners, and you look at Fred and Barney, the Flintstones, ah. it's all off that same right. Amos right. and Andy platform. Right. 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 When you yeah. when you realize Bill Cosby thought Amos and Andy was horrible and they all went against it. And now Amos yeah. and Andy is, people look at Amos and Andy and go, wow, I see where that was coming from. Folks didn't, folks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
4: yeah. Amy, oh, Andy, yeah. Actually- yeah he'll be back yeah, there you go. Yeah. folks yeah. looked at it as being an embarrassment and when I you know as a kid, I used to watch it with my father and then as you when you go back and you look at it again, you go, boy, these dudes, the comedy the rhythm was so amazing. Mm-hmm. But we were going through a period of being bourgeois. We didn't want nobody to know about it. <laughs> mama coming home, mama coming up north on a train in the morning and Andy, you going to get her from the subway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: indeed. Hey, listen, yo, we we are at that period of time where we're going to wrap this up, man. Bugs, thank you, brother. This has really been oh, a pleasure. Thank yeah, you so much you. for allowing me to participate. And, oh, man, thank you for participating, man. You bring so so much to the table, man. More than you can even imagine, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Trust me when I tell you, what, what you doing, brother, what you've been doing, is, it's not going unnoticed, man. And, you know, I tell anybody, man, you know, you just said you got to do it for the love, right? Right, do it for and, the love. And, yeah. and when you're on that radio, people want to hear your voice. They expect to hear you, and they're glad to hear you. Like with Shayla and the ones that you came up with and, and with talent, and all y'all was at 98.7. Right, and, right. With Jeff and all y'all, man. That became family. Yes, that was family. Have, that's, what right. yeah, that's what. That's what it should. That's what it should be. That's what radio is about, man. It should be. And I think that has been lost. I don't. Know if I could get.
4: It, I could get into a whole other thing about that. But, but uh, like I said, it, it's it's like um, when you see these, you know, they got these stories about how McDonald's started and mm. how certain companies started, and everybody. Can't, uh, let me go here. <clears throat> let me go here. I'll tell you where you go. Let's go here. In a sports game you figure you give somebody a lot of money and you put them on a team and then the team wins because you gave one person a lot of money. It's it's about a camaraderie. And everybody is about being able to bring different people together people with different backgrounds and different likes and dislikes together mm-hmm. and working as one. And 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 that's when you get when that's the, when the, when people gel that's when the audience feels the family. That's when it that's when it works. I think when when everyone becomes an individual, everybody seemingly is in the the, the different bag. Not that you got to be, we all have to be the same, but there's got to be a meshing. It's got to be a a combining. A cut. There's got to be a vibe, and people feel that vibe through their speakers. It's a you know, it's like just like your show. People feel that you have a closeness. It's the same thing, and I think yeah. that that's probably where we got away from it. You know, yeah. a little bit. But yeah, there, there was a time when we had a vibe, and no matter what our differences were, we understood that you did what you did, and they did what they did. But when we came together collectively, we 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 worked as one.
0: Yeah, yeah, we missed ninety eight point seven Kiss here in New York. I'm not yes. gonna lie. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> that was so the ball, man. So yeah. do I. So listen, everybody, man, I appreciate everybody being here tonight, man, Listen to the Let's Boogie one-on-one show right here on Fresh Station Radio, WJON. And we got our man Bugsy Bugs sitting there with us, man, and we appreciate you, brother. And Thank your you. Family. Appreciate it, man. Anytime you need us, we'll be here, man. Come on back. Anything you got going on, man. And I'll be talking to you soon. We got some okay. things coming up. And like I all said, right. we'll be hitting you up, man. All right, and, likewise. And we will you nothing but pleasure and peace and 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 and, and success, my brother. All right? Thank you
4: very much. Blessings to you all, too. Okay, baby. Thank here you. Thank it was you. great. All Hold on, thank bugs. You much. Hold
3: on, yeah. bugs.